Hey, it's Jay here from The Dive Table, and we're really excited about our dive clubs. And if you enjoy the show, we would ask you to become a sponsor and join one of our exclusive, all-inclusive clubs. There are three of them. The first one we're calling the Caffeine Pusher Club. This is really to buy Nick a coffee to keep his brain moving and to make sure that the content doesn't stink. The second club is our Tank Monkey Club. And this is to fill our tanks so that we keep on breathing underwater, which is important. And the final club is our High Roller Club, which is really buying us a couple tacos and keeping Nick and I living the high life. So if you enjoy the show and you're considering becoming a sponsor, go to thedivetable.com and click on Join a Dive Club in the upper right corner. Or you can go to patreon.com backslash the dive table. Thank you to all of you that are considering this and thank you to all of our current patrons today. A podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. Welcome to The Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me, as always, is Nick Hogel. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing pretty well over here. It's a wonderful Texas night right now, so I'm loving it out here. I am sweating hot because I'm <laughs> recording today in the garage, so I'm hot. Um, I've, I've been banished to the garage today. We have some guests over, so I'm... I'm um, I'm burning up, but ready to go. Um, and today we're talking about desert island dives. I'm really excited about this. You ready to jump in, Nick? Oh, let's back roll right into this sucker. So this should be a fun episode. Did you ever play that game, uh, you know, maybe when you're in college around that age, desert island discs, where you had to name three CD albums you would take with you if you were stranded on a desert island somewhere? Oh, I, I did... I do remember a game. I don't remember it being called that, but I do remember that sort of thing. Like, oh, if you could bring one thing on the island or, uh, yeah, book or what album, whatever. Yeah, I do. I do recall playing this in my younger years. Do, do you have, do you remember any of the albums that you said you would take with you? Or oh, one of man. Them? When back when we were playing the game, it was just, you know, I was, I was really heavy into fish for a little bit. I was like, oh, I'm going to bring this fish album and, yeah, probably not so much these days. Maybe a Fish or a Grateful Dead album, but may- maybe one of those like those now mixes, you know, or do they even still <laughs> the put those out mix. anymore? Like now, is that what they were called? I can't even remember. Yeah, I haven't thought of that in years. Yeah, that's like, you know, the greatest hits and then just be all a bunch of pop songs or something like I like that song. It would probably be very random. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what I would pick. <laughs> I just say, give me a. So I have no idea. I mean, these days, like, you, I guess you wouldn't even necessarily have to put out an album, though, right? You could make a bring a mix of of things with you, couldn't you? It's like, oh, let me get this song, that song, this song, that song. Yeah, you, you know? could. You could. Like, I guess if you, I mean, it, th- that game turned into like, if you were to put 20 songs on your iPad <laughs> that you could take with you on the desert, you know, and now it's like... If you have a computer and you have internet access, well, why are you stranded on a desert island? You know, so it doesn't really make sense to carry it yeah, to its logical uh, conclusions. It's like, well, how are you going to power that computer? But um, no, I uh, I know usually at the end of a 
if uh, you know a good weekend, you know where I've been throwing back a few. I always tend to listen to like the the same three songs over. Even one, I'm a huge uh, Simple Man fan, Leonard Skinner. So generally, if you hear me playing that, you know what kind of night I've had. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> so we uh, we wanted to do the scuba version of this uh, by tackling the question: Desert Island dives. What are six places you know you want to dive? And it should be. I think it's going to be exciting. What do you think? Oh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped because if you got, if you think about it, I mean, this is something every diver thinks about constantly, right? Like, oh man, you start getting into diving and you start finding these new and exciting places. Um, so yeah, no, I think this is going to be a whole lot of fun. All right. So a little housekeeping before we jump in. Number one, we have not prepped this together. So we're going to react to each other's. We might have crossover ones, who knows? And so we're going to react to each other in, in real time. Number two, uh, we might just change our list halfway through based on each other's list. So I might hear a place <laughs> on yours and go, no, I'm crossing mine out and I'm going to your place. So that sounds awesome. And number three, um, for you listeners out there, uh, these are non-binding. They're subject to change at will. We will not be held accountable to actually go and make these dives unless dot, 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 you want to sponsor the trip. Then totally, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll go for it. <laughs> but other than that, I'm sure we'll find other places. This is kind of a time capsule of where we're thinking about diving right now rather than the end all be all of our list, but, but we put some work into this and I think it should be a lot of fun. So well, let me, let me ask you this little, this little question. Um, are any of the ones on your list anywhere that you've been before? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes and no. Yes. Well, we'll get into that. Yes and no. Okay. I have, I do have one that, that is on my list that I've been to before. So, all right. So, and I think the way this will work is, you know, you'll name one and, and then I'll go. We'll just go back and forth. And if, if we get through all six, great. If, if we get through three, uh, then we'll just turn this into another episode. But uh, but so far, our plan is go back and forth and, and have a total of, of, of six each. So let's uh, let's get into it. So you can start first. What's I guess this is not numeric order, like the number one place, but what's the first one on your list? Okay, so I'm just going to read this little this little tidbit of information that I found real quick and it's going to briefly describe and this is actually probably the top of my list as of right now. So, uh, local myth tells of a woman who found seven dragon eggs in the jungle near her house. She took the eggs home and left them overnight. She was surprised to find that the eggs had hatched and four young kings had appeared. The other three held a princess, a ghost, and a stone. The four kings are said to have inhabited the four main islands of Raja Ampat, giving it its name, Four Kings. So for me, and this is probably the top of my list, um, is Raja Ampat. Um, I actually have spent some time there. And um, I mean, I'm not the most traveled person in the world, um, but this is definitely 100% on the top of my list. Um a lot of people, it's in the Coral Triangle. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, um, it's actually the world's highest marine biodiversity. Um, I uh, There's over 2,000 types of reef fish. I want to say that at some point they did um, a study there and they found more species of fish than anywhere else in the world. I'll have to fact check myself on that. Um, it contains 75% of the world's coral species. 
Um, and while I was there, I was able to see some really, really cool things. Um, the dive that I, my, my best dive that I've done was there where I was in the water with about 15 manta rays. Um, and I actually have some video. I'll try to put that up at some point in time. Um, at some point in time, I don't know when, maybe I could throw it up on the, on one of our platforms somewhere. Uh, but I spent some time on Arborek Island there, um, which you, you go out and just huge amounts of fish just right out. I've seen the biggest clams that I've ever seen, like massive, huge, giant clams. You can almost fit inside them. They were so big. Um, and it's just everything about it just checks off every list that I have for, you know, that, uh, like if, if you remember me talking about that 80, 80, 80 diver, you know, like 80 feet of visibility, um, 80 degree water, 80 degree surface temperature. Um, it's just a, like such a beautiful place. And, um, as of right now, that's definitely on the top of my list. Even though I've been, I'm always, always trying to get back there. Um, just because it's, it's such an amazing, um, and really remote place too. Um, if you've ever seen, um, chasing coral, uh, they actually had a few spots on there. Uh, one of the famous dive sites is Melissa's Garden. Um, there's uh, which I've been to, which was really really cool. Um, there's Cree, I believe, which was one of my favorite dives. That's actually where I first encountered or first remembered seeing the uh, blue tooth triggerfish, which is actually one of my favorite fish to see in the water when you see just hundreds of them schooling around. Um, but yeah, uh, Raja Ampot, if you get a chance, Google it, search it take a trip there. A lot of people will end up doing liveaboards there just because there's so many different islands, um, that are out there. So that's, I'm gonna have to say that's, that's probably my number one. Um, there's only one that might rival it. I haven't been to it yet, but, um, I think that this is probably going to be my, my top pick. Nice pick. That's a nice pick. I have to say, I, uh, I love the story as well. I hadn't heard that story in terms of the name. Um, so anything that involves dragons, you know, that's, uh, that's gotta be on the top of the list. Otherwise, yeah. you know, and there's what, actually what a little here? bit, there's a little bit more to the story. I think the, the Kings ended up murdering the princess or something like that. I'm not hundred percent sure, but there's, there's oh, a little Jesus. bit more to this. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, but I just, I, I left the, the PG version in. So <laughs> it's, it's like uh, the precursor to uh, game of Thrones. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's where they got all the inspiration was but, uh, was from this story, huh? Yeah, but no, it's uh, it's it's an absolutely. Um, I feel like I spoiled myself. I kind of went there early on in my diving career, um, and um, I've just been chasing it ever since. Like just because uh, it, it just I had such a wonderful experience there um, at the conservation project. We were able to do. Um, I learned a lot. Um, I had a great experience. Um, it was a good group of people I was there with. Um, it was actually uh. Well, one of the really exciting things about it was um, I know a lot of us always talk about doing this, but the island that I was living on for a month at the conservation project, um, there's no running water. There's only electricity from six at night to six in the morning because that's when they turn the generators on and you could like have a fan pointed to you at night with your mosquito net over you. So you weren't getting eaten alive. And uh, so it was nice to just be able to kind of tune out and, and not really, have any electronics, not have my phone. I literally put my phone in my bag and didn't look at it for a month. Um, and it was in a, it was at a time in my life too, where it was, it was a very, uh, very pivotal moment, I should say. So had a lot of things going on, but it was one of the best things I ever did. That's why I believe it's probably always going to be at the top of my list, but 
uh, barefoot conservation. That's where I was able to um, spend my time. If you get a chance, check them out, Google them. Super cool organization. Um, learned a lot. Thank you to all the people that were there. Thank you all the people that put up with me for a month. <laughs> and that was years ago. So I'm, I'm still constantly trying to get back there. That's awesome. That's a good number one. That's a good, that's yeah, going to be hard that. to follow there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to save it for last, but I, I feel like I got some good ones out there. So My number one, Lake Travis, uh, <laughs> Windy Point, Scuba Park. Got to get in that water, that green water. <laughs> hey, man, there's, love that dirty water. It's a good song. Isn't that? Right. Love that right. dirty water. Obviously, right, I'm good. not a singer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Don't um, my day job. So, all right. So, my number one. So, um, so similar to you, this is a place that I have already been to. Um, kind of. That's why I say kind of because I have been to the location. Um, I've actually made some of the dives, but I haven't gone fully into what this place has to offer. So, my number one is Tulum. Mexico. Um, and it's on the Yucatan, sometimes called the Mayan uh, Peninsula. Uh, it's uh, essentially some of the most incredible cave diving and cavern diving in the world. And uh, most of that diving happens in things called cenotes. So if you haven't heard of what a cenote is, there's actually a, a restaurant. that's not a chain. There's two of them here in Austin called cenote. And it's funny because someone asked me the other day, hey, do you want to have lunch at, at C-Note? I was like, C-Note? Where's where C-Note? $100 bill, what? Like, oh, what? Like, that sounds good. Like, where is it? Oh, it's this. But I'm like, oh, that's that, it's named Cenote. That's called Cenote. Oh, oh, oh. I explained it. So a Cenote, if you don't know what it is, is essentially a sinkhole or or over time, um, you know, has been formed it, full with, with fresh water and it presents – a huge underwater world. So the cenote might have, you know, a 10 foot by 10 foot hole in the ground with water in it. And you get in and it's a, you know, humongous cave system underneath there. Right. So, and there are tons of these things all over Tulum. And so uh, for me, I was in Tulum. I went diving um, in the cenotes, just doing cavern diving. I wasn't yet sure. I was doing a bunch of different types of dives. So I was doing scientific diving, um, doing some, <laughs> some reef and drift diving here and there, and just trying to figure out where, where I wanted to go with my own diving, uh, you know, career. And I remember the first cenote, and this is really lucky, by the way, I think, uh, for someone to have this experience. So, um, my first cenote was called the pit. And I remember going down in the pit thinking, getting there, like, what is this place? Like it's an itty bitty little parking lot. And this one, it was pretty advanced. There was a, there was a bathroom there, uh, which is not common. <laughs> and, um, and there were some, a couple tables that you could set your gear up on. And we drove forever down this seemingly dirt road. Like, where are we going? I'm in the back of some Italian instructors that I don't know. I met that day truck, you know, driving down this dirt road to the nowhere going, Okay to a hole in the ground essentially. And a guy standing on the top of it was literally, you know, hauling tanks up a, a little pulley, a rope and pulley system, pulling things down. And you look down and it's, it's about the size of a swimming pool, you know, a, a little big swimming pool. And I'm thinking, man, what is this? You know? And I remember the first time I went down in the pit, it was just 
breathtaking. I mean, it's just an incredible experience. The first time that you, I mean, anytime you go to a cenote, but at least, especially your first one, you'll never forget. And it was this humongous underwater um, cavern. I mean, just cathedral ceiling. You know, we dropped down to what's called a halo cline, which is a saltwater layer in the fresh water. Um, and that was at about, I think, 60 or 80 feet, somewhere around there. And it was like when you hit that, it looked like a, you know, like when you watch TV back in the day and the signal would come in blurry. That's the best way I could describe it. Everything was just kind of like signally wavy, you know, at first. And then when you get through that, there's a whole cl uh, cloud, all right, um, underneath that, which is all the sulfur that's come off. Um, and it's this, it looks like a cloud. It looks exactly like a cloud. And you can actually dive through the cloud at about 100 feet was where that was. And then it's just this humongous cavern. So I, I fell in love that day, that that first dive into the pit. And then, um, you know, from there, I have set the path to go and, and train to be able to go into the caves. Um, you know, that's where I want to be. So in Tulum, there are incredible caves. In fact, as a little side note um, thing here, I want to make sure I get this right. Um, five, let's see, five, first 10 uh, out of the the top 10 worlds in the world, the longest underwater caves. So caves over, uh, you know, a thousand meters. Out of the top 10 in the world, Tulum owns uh, five, six, seven, nine of them, or eight of them, sorry, eight of them. Eight out of the 10 are in Tulum of the world's longest underwater caves. And so it's just packed full of places to dive, places that I'd like to dive. I also dove Dos Ojos, which is um, – I just did the cavern version of Dos Ojos, two eyes. Um, there's two lines that are laid there for the cavern side. One's called the Barbie line. Um, and the reason it's called the Barbie line is as you follow the line throughout the, the cavern, um, where the line turns, so where there's a turn on every line – where the line turns, someone has tied a Barbie doll, a naked Barbie doll to it that's being eaten by a by an alligator. <laughs> so that's called the Barbie line. And then um, the other side of Dos Ojos is called um, the Bat Cave um, because it houses bats um, actually in it. And those two dives were incredible, very different. You know, the pit was, I mean, I don't remember exactly how deep it goes. It goes on and on and on. I think it goes down to 300, 400 feet. Um and uh, whereas the Dos Ojos, uh, at least the cavern, was like a 25-foot, 30-foot max dive, right? Um, but incredible. I mean, if you look at a dive profile for that, you're just up and down in 20 feet of water throughout this thing. So I fell in love with that. And the, the one that's on my desert island, you know, obviously Tulum in general. I loved being in Tulum. I loved the food. I loved the culture. I loved being there. Um, there's lots of other things to go do as well um, than diving. Of course, I don't want to do any of those things. We have caves right there. <laughs> Why are you going to go do them? But there are Mayan ruins and there's incredible you know, cultural things to do. But the one specific dive site that I really would, would have circled at least on my list right now is called Dos Pisos, um, which is two floors. And it really does – it has two tunnels um, with two distinct levels. Um, and one is, is much deeper than the other. Um, which is kind of the more advanced dive there. Um, and there's just a ton of sites in Dos Pisos. I've seen videos and things and I'm like, I want to be there. So um, that's what set me off on 
my cave diving journey was was going down in the pit. And number one on my list is is I want to be you know back in a cave somewhere, um, truthfully on a rebreather so I can stay longer. Um, but probably right now it'll be in you know doubles or quad side mount and um, and just enjoying the heck out. I just I was blown away. I didn't know that existed. And when I got in there, it just blew me away. And you know what's funny is, you know, I grew up in LA, and so uh, we grew up with theme parks as part of our lives. And um, there's, uh, you know, a part of in Disneyland, there's a ride called the big thunder railroad. Um, and often called thunder mountain because they name them all mountains, right? We should do a whole episode on Disneyland. I, I know tons about it. So <laughs> I do like Disneyland. Did, did you know, actually though, there's a ride there. This is beyond thunder mountain. I'll get back to that in a second, but there's a ride there. Um, all of the underwater rides or water, water rides in general. So like there's a, the jungle cruise is one of them, but especially the Finding Nemo submarines, they employ scuba divers. Yeah, that are I did actually, the Disney stuff. It's pretty yeah. cool, and they go in. You know, when everyone's gone for the night, they dive it at night and fix things and maintain things that only scuba divers could do. It's kind of a cool thing. So I think also anyways. too at uh, Disney World, they because there's a lot of stuff out there too. They they employ, and I think you could actually go recreational diving somewhere in Disney World. I might be wrong, but I believe I've heard that. Yeah, just you know, right down, you know, in Mickey's one of Mickey's ears is a pool or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, the the Thunder Railroad. The, the point I'm making is, as a kid, it really stuck out to me. In the beginning of that ride, you know, there's essentially a, a cavern that the train goes through, the ride goes through, that they have stalactites and stalagmites, um, right? And and what's your trick for stalagmites and stalactites? Uh, knowing the difference of them. Uh, I, I don't know. I do not have a trick. <laughs> I thought you had a trick. I thought Me? you had a trick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought you were, I thought you were the one that had the trick. Oh, well. no. uh, anyway, I'm curious. What is the there, trick? Uh, there, uh, now I got to remember it because, um, stalag mites might fall on you. Stalag tights hold tight to the ground. Oh, I think okay. is the, it was the, was the trick. Um, I, like that someone I, might told to, I might have to steal that trick. Is that right, though? I, I'm yeah, not 100. I'm idiots. very, very bad with uh, cave terminology. Um, but uh, no, definitely, um, I, I 100% agree with you. I actually, uh, I did no, go to Tulum. Right. No, it's, sorry, this is the other other way around. Stalagmites come up from the ground. Stalactites are the ones that hang from the ceiling. Okay. 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 I'm um, making sure we're we're, we're right here. But uh, no, when I went to I went to Tulum actually last year uh, for the first time. It was actually my first trip to Cozumel, and then I um, obviously you know you get into diving, you hear about the cenotes, and I'm like, man, I really want to go check it out. Um, and no, I, I want to say that I have been to the I want to say the pit and Dos Ojos, and and absolutely same feeling. Um, I remember, uh, cause the, the big pitch just basically like a giant hole in the ground, right? Like it's just, it's not even really like, I, I mean, obviously it's a cave, but I just remember when the beam of light was shining through, I'm pretty sure it was the pit. I think that's one of the most famous pictures that you see of the cenotes. Um, it reminded me of something out of like Indiana Jones, like just a Steven Spielberg movie. You just see this beam of light shining through this cave. You just see this like cloud on the bottom, like, oh man, what treasures are under there. Um, and then you see those like big tree branches just going through the cloud. And I'm like, man, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, 
And yeah, no, I, I absolutely, absolutely fell in love with uh, the cenotes. And, and, and it just kind of shows you how much I didn't know because um, I always heard, you know, oh, you go down to, to Mexico, you can go diving in caves. You don't need a cave certification, which I was like, how does that work out? And then when I went down there, I found out, oh, it's because you're actually in caverns, not caves. Um, so I've corrected my terminology. Um, but no, it well, actually the, the operators that will take you in caves. We don't recommend you do that. Yeah, yeah no, do <laughs> not definitely that. do not do that. But no, it, it actually um, had so much of an impact on me. Um, and and I, I it's funny because I asked this or I got asked this question one time because um, you go down there and you just see people on side mount. And I've seen side mount pictures before, you know, people in their, in their, um, you know, social media or whatever. I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. But then you get down there and you're like, man, that person looks just badass being in the whole side mount configuration. So I was like, came back to Texas. I'm like, I'm buying a side mount kit. I'm trying to get into side mount. Um, never thought I wanted to get, I remember even on the way down there, um, I was just curious and I'm like, Oh, what, what's it take to get a cave certification? I'm like, man, that's a long process. And I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, I probably won't ever do anything like caves. I just, I'm not that into it. I, and, and I think deep down at the end of the day, I'll always be an ocean diver, but, um, no, it changed my mind. As soon as I got down there, I'm like, I want to, I want to learn how to do caves and, um, kind of the same with you. I'm actually, um, about to start that journey. It's going to be a, a long process. Um, but I'm actually headed to Mexico, um, here in a bit, to um, take a side mount class with um, uh, a cave shop down there called Under the Jungle. So I'm pretty excited about that. So stay tuned because um, we'll we'll have that here at some point in the future of, you know, my journey going through the class. It's a very extensive class. It's um, I know that they offer like the two day or one day side mount classes out there. This one's um, I believe it's prepped for a minimum of four days. I think it takes most people five days. So um, no, I'm super, super excited about it. If you haven't heard of them, uh, under the jungle, um, owned by Natalie and Vincent actual cave explorers. Um, they're, they're doing some really cool stuff down there. And then, um, also I just wanted to mention, um, if you get a chance, go check out it's a uh, hashtag. Uh, I think it's Somos Los Cenotes. Have you heard that, Jay? Somos Los Cenotes? Because mm-hmm. um, they're actually trying to build a train system, I believe, from like Cancun all the way down to, um, uh, I can't think of the name. But basically, they're trying to bring it down the whole coastline, and it's ind- endangering a lot of the cenotes. And, um, and, you know, it's it's a back and forth. It's a big thing that's going on right now. So if you are not aware of that, uh, maybe you can make yourself aware and go, go check out and maybe kind of help out the cause down there because... We want to preserve these beautiful places so that one, me and Jay can go back and die those places and they're not ruined. Um, but it just, you know, um, it does bring more tourism in and, and, you know, that can have benefits, but it could also have a lot of downsides to that too. So, but um, no, I completely agree with you. The cenotes, man, that was um, absolutely amazing. And, and, and uh, oddly enough, Tulum actually uh, somewhat kind of reminded me of Bali. Um, I spent a little bit of time in Bali and I was like, man, this is a really cool little spot. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some good things going on. There's some bad things going on, but I definitely, definitely think that's an awesome pick is the cenotes just because, um, it, yeah, had an amazing impact on me as well. Yeah. That's number one on my list. And and if you ask which one you, you could throw a dart in my opinion, <laughs> like they're all amazing and all different. So that's number one on my list. All right, let's get to number two. Uh, what's okay. number two on your list? 
Um, so I don't necessarily know if this is number two, um, um, but it's definitely one that uh, I, I want to go. And it's funny because if you know me and I just mentioned it earlier, um, I like warm water diving. I'm, I'm a fan of warm water diving. I'm not a big fan of the cold. I'm actually I turn into a real big baby. Anytime it's like cold and, you know, cold outside, I want to live in hot, humid weather next to the ocean. Um, but oddly enough, this next place on my list um, is uh, British Columbia. And uh, the reason why is because I've just seen some really, really amazing videos of um, I actually just watched this video the other day where these divers went down. I think they were with a group. I can't remember the name of the group, like Big Ocean Encounters or Big Something. And I mean, they were just in the water with what to me looked like 50 or 60 seals, all just, I'm sorry, not seals, but sea lions. I think they're called stellar sea lions. I guess they also have California sea lions. Um, and they do have harbor seals as well, too. Um, but just they 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 look so and playful. The seal of approval. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, <laughs> no, all good. All good. Um, but no, it's, it's just super, super crazy. Like, and, and it's definitely cold water diving. Um, most likely you're in a dry suit. I do believe there are people up there with their, you know, their, their seven mil, you know, long wetsuits. And then they're like eight mil farmer Johns, just, just tons of neoprene. I'm not a big fan of a lot of neoprene. So that's why I invested into a dry suit. Um, but it's definitely cold water diving. Um, and then I've always wanted to see um, a giant Pacific octopus. Um, I've seen octopuses, but I've never seen a giant one. Usually the ones that I see, they're like the size of a cat. Maybe they're like pretty small and a small cat, not a big cat. Um, and then if, if you get a chance, um, there's some crazy creatures up there. But uh, uh, Google or just research wolf eel. And look how wild that thing looks. And I was just like, man, this would be super. And some of those get massively big. I've I've seen some pretty big. I've only actually only seen two big eels. Um, but man, th these things just look super funky. And I'm just like almost terrified by the way they look. And you, you just see them. And I'm like, man, this is kind of crazy. Um, but also, too, I think uh, just British Columbia, the, the Pacific Northwest, um, I think there's Vancouver Island up there. I think that's just a very beautiful area. So it'd be one of those places that I'd like to travel and maybe do some, oddly enough, do some on land stuff and then go off land and, and hit the ocean up and, and go diving. But um, no, just the uh, the seals, the sea lions, I just I, I think that would be one of the funnest things if you ever get a chance. I'm sure we've all I think there's a couple of videos that have gone viral of like the sea lion coming up and just taking the diver's mask off and just playing around with them, you know, and it, they basically from what I've seen, they're just big puppy dogs. And uh, so I think I know I have one more that's a cold water dive, but um, definitely at some point I, I know I, I have to make that trip just because um, there's just a lot of cool stuff to see up there in British Columbia and just a beautiful area in general too. If, if you haven't, gotten a chance i used to live in uh, the san juan islands which is like almost the the very most northwest tip of the united states and um, so i got to experience a little bit but never did any diving um and i i don't know how i feel i don't know if i'd want to be in the water with uh orca but like, um i, I don't want to yeah i just i, th I think i would be pretty 
pretty crazy, but I think you can go like snorkel with them or dive with them. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, yeah, so that that's, I don't necessarily know if that's number two on the list, um, but British Columbia, just the, the Northwest part, uh, you know, more North, I guess, of the United States, but probably even in, in the Seattle, um, San Juan Island area, and then going more up towards like Vancouver, Vancouver Island, I think would be um, an amazing time to, to go and check out. No, so, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's incredible the different um, biodiversity in cold. Uh, oh cold, yeah, and sometimes in cold water versus in in warm water. Sometimes it's the same, which is incredible about species, right? Um, but but there are differences, and uh, I think cold water diving often doesn't get its due because you think of scuba diving and you think you know warm reefs and yeah. that, well, he's always say 80, 80, 80 diver, right? Or well, um, th- that's what people think of when they get into it. But um, the cold water diving, it might be more challenging but man there's some incredible things to to see and do in cold water diving so i think that's a another great pick i, I thought i might criticize some of your picks picks but uh <laughs> no that's no, a good one too i'm I, interested I, to get with you um i uh like i said i'm just not a big fan of the cold but i was like man i think it would be so amazing to be able to go up and dive there because i mean i don't know if you've ever seen pictures not necessarily of of uh the British Columbia, but whenever I see pictures of people diving and there's snow in the background, I'm, it's in my head. In my head, I'm like, why? Why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> but at the same time, that you know, like you were just saying, there is a lot to be offered, and um, I, I think it would be an absolutely amazing dive. So, or trip, I should say. Awesome. Yep, sounds good. All right, so my number two. Um, is the other side of the argument on cave diving, um, which is obviously Florida Springs, um, you know, and Florida in general. Uh, there, I think the big differences between the Mexico um, or Tulum caves and cenotes and Florida is typically Florida is much deeper and it's it's typically ocean. There are some springs in Florida. Um, that are freshwater, but but you also have ocean caves and things to get into, which is pretty amazing. And um, and so yeah, I mean, I think Florida Springs would be an incredible where where the you know original DIR and YKPP team um, was was born out of a lot of the techniques that that a lot of the divers I know use um, were were birthed right there. Uh, in in those spots and so I think it would be an incredible trip um, and I mean name the spots I mean you know everything from you know Satan's Den, Ginny Springs I mean uh, Peacock Springs is pretty amazing that looks awesome um, there's Manatee Springs uh, again I said it's ocean and then I go off and name a bunch of springs <laughs> I want to dive in but uh, <laughs> um, you know Blue Grotto seems amazing as well and there's just uh so many different locations um you know it's it's given me a reason to go to florida other than disney world not, not florida, <laughs> no offense, man. you don't want to meet um, florida man <laughs> it's a little too humid a little too humid for me when i was there before um and uh and yeah i mean um i wasn't uh you know, that wouldn't be high on my list of places to travel, except for now it's number two on my list to travel <laughs> because of the, the diving that's there. And, um, yeah, so I, like I said, I, I think there, I've heard some incredible stories of some of the locations and the experiences that people have. 
Um, I mean, Ginny Springs just alone is, you know, a thousand feet of passages. I mean, you know, the Devil's Eye cave system is in there. Um, and that's like 30,000 feet of passageways. So it, it's probably one of the most popular and well-known um, cave diving spots in the world. But it's uh, it doesn't matter if everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it for a reason in my mind. And that would be a place to, to really go and um, explore uh, and, and enjoy and, and see for my myself in my own eyes. Um, and then I think there's also another maybe selfish reason to go to Florida in that area is, man, you can just, you know, load up on used dive, dive gear, <laughs> you know, like, drive the truck down and back it up, you know, fill it to the brim, um, you know, because every time I, you see something cool online that's like, yeah, I've been looking for that and I want to buy it. And you look and it's, if you're in the U.S., usually it's uh, in Florida Springs or around that area. And are you willing to, to make the drive or not? <laughs> That's really the question um, to go pick up your, you know, your your three deco bottles that you've been looking for or whatever. Um, so I would also enjoy very much uh, the ability to go and and go shopping for a day or two. Just to, I go shopping before and then just go pick everything up on a couple of days. Um, and then also Florida, you know, one of the other things I remember the first time I had um, a pollo con arroz. So it's, uh, you know, chicken and rice, but it's it's the Cuban influence. And typically that's on the other side, right? More towards Miami, but it's, it's spread throughout Florida. Um, and there's some incredible food as well to just go explore. And for me, before I got into diving, um, when I traveled, it was all about experiencing, you know, unique uh, food to that region. And in fact, I, I wanted to do at some point a, uh, a tabletop book. I still do at some point um, where it was just a photo of a dish. And then that dish used to explain the history of a place. And I thought that would have been so cool. So I used to travel a lot. And the highlight for me was always, you know, what are the local things? Um, it's funny when, uh, you know, get into a place, they're like, well, we, I don't know, hamburger? <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, but I think Florida has a lot to offer there as well when you go diving. But the diving in terms of the the cave diving in Florida um, and specifically in Florida Springs is is where it's at. And uh, I would love to to spend you know three months down there or something and just you know dive every location you can. And uh, I think that would just be an incredible you know it's so diver friendly as well in terms of finding shops and people and. Um, you know, it's set up to do so. Uh, I remember the first time I went through the uh, a Florida airport um, here in Texas. When we leave the airport uh, and you're di- carrying dive gear um, through TSA security, I always get stopped. Maybe I just should get stopped because it looks suspicious. But they're always like, "Well, what is this stuff?" And you go, "It's scuba diving gear." Like, okay, um, show me a picture of this. You know, on a scuba diving website. I've literally been asked that question before. I'm like. You, it's a regulator. Well, what does it do? It, it takes air from a tank and it – I'm like, how do I explain this to Mr. TSA officer? Like it takes compressed air and makes it breathable. Well, where does it go? On a tank. Okay. Show me a picture of this being used in the water. Like, okay, here's my phone. Here's a picture. Okay, you can go through. So you, I always get some level of scrutiny and it's not – I'm not knocking Austin. I'm just saying when you're not used to that um, – you know, it looks suspicious. I remember in Florida, I've never been stopped. <laughs> the TSA is so used to seeing gear that just lets you through. Uh, so, I mean, it's just kind of 
a common thing. And it would be cool to be in that environment as well, where that is a, a really, you know, a popular and, and pervasive sport to, to be a part of um, in, in that environment. So number two on my list is, is Florida Springs and specifically, you know, again, throw a dart at a cave, but, but there are some specific ones that I, I would just love to go dive in. That's uh funny. Um, cause I don't, they don't, that almost sounds like a good, uh, ep- or a good topic for an episode is how to talk to non-divers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, no, and then, uh, just later. a couple, I know a couple things to, to add to that. Oddly enough, uh, so I've only I've been to Florida a couple of times. I've never been diving in Florida. Um, definitely a spot on my list. Um, but when you're talking about the food thing, um, when I was down in Key West, uh, was I've had a little bit of experiences with Cuban food. I have not had a whole lot. And then obviously there's there's a pretty big influence down in the Keys. Um, and I actually had a Cuban burger for the first time. Um, I cannot remember the name of this place, but I remember. Um, we were walking right by it and, and I'm a burger fanatic. I love burgers. I'm like, absolutely. That's like one of my favorite food items. Um, and this place just looked like it was like, man, just a little hole in the wall spot. Um, and we walk in and it was a little Cuban burger joint. And I, I'll, I have a picture of it because I was like, dude, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we literally went back there like three days in a row because I was like, dude, this is, this is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, but no, definitely, uh, Florida is, is on the list and I'm, and I'm quite bummed that I haven't been diving down there just because it is relatively close to where we are. You can hop in the car and drive there. I I believe you can get there in like 12, 13 hours. Um, and there is, is a lot of, uh, history is about eight of those hours are in Texas still. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're probably not even lying. Um, but because uh, I, I think in, in even in, in my um, cave diving, like trying to educate myself, uh, kind of like what you were saying, it is very different. Like whereas in Mexico, I believe they're they're more on like aluminum 80s. Um, the water is very still out in Mexico, whereas Florida, I, I want to say a lot of them are diving uh, maybe dry suits. The water's colder. They're, they're higher flow. Um, a lot of people are diving steels there. And uh, I've actually even um, was thinking at some point in time, I'm like, oh, I would love to go take a course out in Florida, even another side mount course in Florida, just because um, it's probably going to be very different than um, Mexican cave diving or, you know, just any other cave area. But, um, no, there is a lot of history there, um, when it comes to that sort of diving, the DIR WKPP, um, and definitely, no, that's, that's, that's a great choice. Cause, um, we don't have a whole lot of spots in these, in the States, but definitely Florida's up there. And, um, I had a chance, I had one chance to dive there, uh, cause I've, we were there actually right before the pandemic. It was actually right at the start of the pandemic. It was in February. So you're just kind of hearing about things in the news. We were down there for my girlfriend's birthday. And, um, the only day I would have been able to dive was on her birthday, which happens to be on Valentine's day. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sit this one out just because I don't want to, I don't want to get into that fight. <laughs> Let me go dive on your birthday on Valentine's Day. Then when it comes time for the the Valentine's Day dinner, I would have just been like, "Can we just hang out at the hotel?" <laughs> <I'm tired. laughs> Probably um, the 
his life choice bad that, that's what choice. i mean yeah that's what i mean so um but no florida man awesome no that's definitely um that is that is a a, a destination that i have on the list um and i definitely need to make it out there at some point and then plus yeah like you said almost every time i find good used gear on like marketplace or something it's like damn it florida again <laughs> yeah, no. I, need, I need to go pick up some some more gear we just um, need to semi for a weekend and then know. Like, you know <laughs> we'll be set for years just um, take a long drive yeah but no i've actually uh in my research have found some really uh good shops in Florida, some people that I would like to go and train with, especially in the cave diving um, scene, whatever you want to call it. There's some some really phenomenal shops. There's some um, really some some big names in the industry, big names in the game, however you want to call it, that are just hanging out in Florida every day, just doing their everyday dives. And I was like, man, be, how awesome would it be to go and take a course with that individual or a course with that class or a course with that shop, I should say. So, um, no, awesome, man. Awesome. All right. All right. So we're, we're two in. What's what's your number three? All right. My number three, um, and and this is probably more um, my number two. This is actually, I, I, I should say, this is top of my list of places that I have not been that I'm really itching to go. And um, uh, so I have not been. I need to go, but it's very hard to access. So most likely, if you're going here, you need to do a liveaboard. Uh, if you do not know what a liveaboard is for our non-diving listeners out there, or maybe for our newer divers, um, basically, you, it's it's a cruise for divers. So you're going out, you're diving, you know, lots of places. You're getting to some remote places, um, and this place is top of my list of places I have not been, but the Galapagos. Um, if you've ever seen pictures of the Galapagos, it's just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, little fun fact, uh, that's actually where Charles Darwin came up with his theory of evolution. I'm not going to really go into that whole story, but, um, it's, it's, fact check. and huh? Fact check. Fact yeah, check. yeah. I know. Maybe somebody <laughs> fact check me. Um, but no, so the, the things, the pictures that I've seen that the, the dives and just the islands that you can go to, um, like you have to be on a liveaboard. So, um, and, and the times of year that you want to go to it, it's just, uh, like there's times a year where you can see schools of hammerhead sharks. I'm saying like hundreds, like just Google some pictures, hundreds of hammerhead sharks in the water. I know there's some divers out there that are scared of sharks. Um, but this, to me, just the pictures that I've seen. And then they also have the, uh, if you've never seen it, the marine iguana, um, where it's basically this iguana that dives down into the water. You know, I'm, I can't remember what show. What is that? Like Blue Blue Planet with David Attenborough. If you ever get a chance, watch. It's absolutely amazing documentary. Um, they'll show a lot of this stuff. And um, there's just big and rare marine life that will pop through there. And you can see them all in one dive. Like you can see the hammerhead sharks and then the manta rays. Um, they have 28 different types of sharks that will go through there. Um, and then just the the islands that are surrounded. It's like one of those things where if you do a liveaboard, you're like, oh, okay, we're going to today, we're going to spend the day on this island walking around. And and I wouldn't even care that I wasn't diving. I mean, I'd probably want to be diving, but just the the stuff that you can see there, I was just like, man, this is this is the top of my list. Like I have to get to the Galapagos at some point before um, I hit the, hit the, the next level or whatever you want to call it. But um, just the, the schools of hammerhead sharks. Um, I know I keep saying that, but just, I've seen pictures and I just don't know how I would feel 
like just I can imagine, you know, just seeing that go by you and it just things when I'm in the water to be able to see these just massive events happening. I'm that that's that's why I love the ocean is because you can see all this stuff and you know to be able to see like oh there's dolphins, oh there's a manta ray, oh there's some sharks right there, oh there's a iguana that's just hanging out in the water. <laughs> um so I don't know if you can dive with them. I mean I really don't know, but um definitely at some point in my life I will make it to the Galapagos. No, that's a great choice. I mean it, it's an Ecuador in general, I mean, if you think about the trip to get there, oh, it's not yeah. like the Liverpool picks you up, you know, in the Gulf Gulf here no. in in, uh, in Houston, <laughs> right? So I mean, the the trip itself to to go to Ecuador, experience that, to to um, to be a part of that, and then to to get on a boat and and go out there would be incredible. I mean, what's cool too about the Galapagos in general is uh, not only the the marine life, but um, the the actual biodiversity. Um, in terms of all the different species that exist there. And you're sitting on literally uh, both sides of uh, – on either side of the equator. I mean, you're the, – all of the the kind of Galapagos Islands there are, are located on either side of the equator in the Pacific Ocean. I mean, think about that. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're literally on the equator from day to – crossing the equator day to day from side to side. I mean, um, such an incredible – experience in general um i have not been uh yet um i have not been to ecuador surprisingly one of the areas i've not traveled a whole lot of it, it is in south america for some reason um not because i don't want to this hasn't happened <laughs> uh but uh but yeah i mean that would be an incredible thing and then and then yeah there's a really cool peek back into history although there's been a lot of change quote unquote it's a protected area and so being able to kind of put yourself in in Darwin's shoes or or you know the first the I think it was the bishop of Panama was the first to discover the islands right to put yourself in those shoes of discovery in a place where you know it has changed I will not say it hasn't changed but it's it's not developed you know on in in the same way that you know you build a subdivision on something right um to see that would be pretty incredible look back at history that's a really good choice um, I, um, and, and swimming iguanas. Who doesn't yeah, know yeah. that? <laughs> I, uh, I think there's islands that are actually still growing out there. I want to say I watched a documentary about that and it's just, they're like, man, this is, this is evolution right in front of our eyes. Uh, and oddly enough, um, I remember I met somebody where they were really big into, um, uh, like conservation type stuff. And, um, she was telling me, she's like, Oh, I actually did my first dives in the Galapagos. And I was like, I was just so envious. I'm like, what? That's like my dream destination. And you just learned how to dive in those areas. Like, I don't know if she learned, but she was doing a lot of diving out there, which I thought was super amazing. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I know I keep saying hit up our friend Google, but definitely check out the Galapagos. That's an awesome choice. Um, I'm going to follow yours with my number three uh, that is not as inspiring as yours, but <laughs> interesting to me. It's all, all um, inspiring. So I'm taking us from uh, the amazing Ecuadorian Galapagos Islands back to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows you how much Florida has to offer. Shows you how much I love it. But I have wanted to do this dive for a long time. I'm not a big, I'm not big into wreck diving in terms of, it doesn't pique my interest all that much. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it would be awesome. Any diving is awesome. But in terms of like 
you know, that's something that piques my interest. There's other things that pique my interest more, but I have wanted to dive the Oriskany um, in Pensacola for, for a long time. I don't know, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I lived in San Diego for a very long time and there's a, um, an aircraft carrier there that has turned into uh, touristy. I mean, it's not even touristy. It's, I guess it's touristy. It's touristy. It's a museum, right? So you can go on the aircraft carrier and, you know, all throughout the, the levels of it and they have tours and they have a bunch of the planes and, and all of these sorts of things. And I just can't wrap my head around how cool it would be to swim through a hangar bay of an aircraft carrier underwater. I mean, that's just, it's just an incredible uh, thing that sounds amazing to me. So um, the Oriskany is in Pensacola. Um, it, you know, was, uh, it served about 25 years. Uh, technical name is the USS Oriskany. And it's, you know, often called the Mighty O, or now it's called the the Great Carrier Reef, if you haven't heard that, which is pretty fun. Um, it is the world's largest intentionally created artificial reef. Not only the hangar bay, but it is the world's largest artificially uh, created um, reef. And it is, in everything that I can see, is, is a world-class dive. I mean, it, it sounds incredible. I mean, exploring the tower and all those things. And especially after having been inside of an aircraft carrier, uh, you know, that isn't under the water to, to lock those things together. I kind of understand, you know, the layout of, uh, of this particular, uh, you know, I don't want to say boat, but I guess it's a boat um, of the ship. There we go. And then there's a ton of marine life even around it. So, you know, tropical fish, you know, blennies, damselfish, angelfish, um, the massive amberjack. I don't know if you've seen that fish. Um, pretty cool. And then there are other uh, pelagic fishes as well, you know, around the sharks, manta rays um, around the, the tower and things like that. But for me, you know, the end all be all is, is to swim through that hangar bay. Um, and that sounds like just a phenomenal experience. The hangar bay is at 175 feet, starts at 175 feet. Okay. I was just so about to ask is what a, the depth was. Yeah, it, it ranges the top of the risky, I think, is um, like 84, 85 feet, something like that. So it's the very top of it. That's the where the stack is. The bottom sand getting to the propellers is like 215 or something like that, um, 220. Um, so it's it's a trimix dive. It's a technical dive. Um, you're going to have deco requirements if you go through uh, even to the flight deck. Um, you're going to to hit 150 feet, you know, easy. Um, so if, if you're doing it recreationally, usually you're getting just to the navigation bridge, I think. Um, and even that's, you know, I think 125 feet, you're pushing, getting close to limits there, but the hangar bay is at 175. I just, you know, it just sounds like an incredible thing to go swim through. And, um, and obviously, in, you know, wouldn't that, that could be multiple days of diving right to go see the the whole ship um but in pensacola there are other you know spots to to dive obviously um have you heard of green's hole i have not it's a natural limestone reef it's kind of like a looks like a tabletop um sounds really interesting um there are other boats uh, i think uh ydt what was it ydt 14 and 15 i want to say you can fact check me on that uh, but there, there are other boats um, and wrecks to go and dive or ships to go and dive off of that. 
um, which just sounds amazing. Uh, but I could spend probably, you know, a week diving the Ariskany just to see it, um, all, all the different layers of it and experience that, the swim throughs of it and all of that stuff. So um, number three on my list, although not as inspiring as your Galapagos Islands, uh, is back in Pensacola doing um, – and, and you know what's cool about this dive too is it, I, I like challenging dives. Um, I think it's it's the planning process for those, the execution of those, um, the the need to adapt on the fly as a team on those types of dives. Um, I think if you're diving with the right team is exciting to me. Like I really enjoy – that thinking diver portion of things. Um, And this presents, you know, not only is it deep, but it can be extremely challenging because of the potential for really strong currents. So depending on the day you're going to be in uh, or can be in strong currents, um, you've got a plan for that stuff. You've got a plan for your deco. You've got a plan for, um, you know, if if something goes wrong, what are you going to do? And so uh, it's, it's a, I think it's not just a, Hey, let's go out today. And we're, oh, today let's let's dive the risk and see what happens. It's like you know one of those dives <laughs> where you got to prep and you got to know what you're doing and and you got to um, you know be able to adapt. So that to me is really uh, enticing as well. And so, like I said, I'm not drawn directly to wrecks in general, but the Ariskany is calling my name and and I've had some friends that have dove it and I've talked about it and they've dove it recreationally and they've dove it technically and, and they've talked about it and talked it up. And, um, I remember I was standing, uh, uh, not too long ago, a month ago or so, a few weeks ago at, on the midway, I happened to be in San Diego and, um, and just thinking all I could think of, you know, going through their tour and through, through that ship was the Ariskany. Just like, I wish I was, I was diving through this hangar bay rather than walking through it right now. Um, so that's number three on my, on my list. Oh, no, that's uh, um, definitely a place I'd like to check out. And, and um, probably even maybe one of those be nice if you were on a rebreather um, as well, because then you could spend a little bit more time down there. Um, but since you're bringing up, since you're bringing up Rex. Well, hold on. Hold on a second. So hold on a second. So to be fair to our listeners, we said six, <laughs> but I think we're, I think we've, we've gotten to six. So you had three, I had three. But we're, I think we should probably take a pause here um, and come back and do a second one of these because uh, otherwise this is going to be like a three hour long episode, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, but I, uh, but uh, I, for all our listeners out there, I don't think you could stand three hours of, of Jay and Nick uh, in your ear. So um, but let's wrap this one up um, because we've done six and we'll, we'll promise to come back and do the next three for each of us, another six. To finish up, so this will be part one, and we'll have a part two to this. Just because uh, otherwise, I think we're gonna, because you and I can sit here and talk about places we want to dive for <laughs> the next seven hours. And uh, poor is there people something are wrong gonna, with that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why they put a producer Daniel. Yeah, that's why they gave us some microphone, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault, Daniel. No. Um, all right, so let's wrap this one up, and then we'll we'll come back. We promise to do a part two. How about that? Does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, so today we focused on half of the topic, uh, desert island dives. Uh, what are six places you want to dive? And we want to hear your story. So what are your desert island dives? Where um, where do you want to go? Why? Uh, what entices you to those locations? Um, so send us a, a message. Send us a, a voicemail, um, you know, carrier pigeon. 
whatever you'd like to do. In fact, you can join the dive table group on Facebook and start your own conversation on there of places you want to dive. Um, just search the dive table on Facebook and you'll find our group and we're welcome to join you um, or welcome to jo- you're welcome to join us and we'll invite you in there. Um, so, so uh, please, uh, let us know where you want to dive and Nick and I will tell you our next three places on the next episode. Um, the other place we'll invite you to go is the dive table.com. Um, and there you can do lots of things. Um, specifically, we've just come out uh, recently with our dive clubs. These are inclusive and, in, and exclusive dive clubs. So uh, join one of those dive clubs that really helps us keep the show running. And we appreciate our dive club members. Uh, I think there are three tiers um, five bucks, uh, 10 bucks. And if you're a high roller, I think it's 35 bucks a month. Um, that really helps us keep the, the show rolling. Um, and then of course, uh, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you send a link to the show, to a dive buddy, your, your dive team, uh, your instructor, uh, you know, if you, if you don't like the show and you think the places that we want to dive are bad, um, you know, send it to your ex uh, and, <laughs> and let us know how that goes. Either way, it helps us. So have fun with it. Um, any parting thoughts, Nick? Um, no, I'm, uh, I think that's pretty good. I'm actually, I was, I was quite excited to talk about my next three, but to be continued. To be continued for sure. So thanks everybody out there for joining us today. And we look forward to having you back on hopefully part two um, of our desert island dives. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.